There was nothing else like it. Our legal system is complicated and sometimes it could feel capricious, but it's the closest thing to real justice that we've got. And for it to work, it needs vigorous, passionate advocates. And helping my clients, you know, arguing on their behalf, that's the best thing I've ever done. And this past year, I've missed the hell out of it. That was very eloquent. Was there any particular influence on your views? Um, credit where credit is due. The University of American Samoa. Go land crabs! You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off when he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. All right, welcome to the back-to-back podcast on the Count the Dings Network. This is the TV Book Club, a nuanced discussion about television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and joining us this time are Jake Hoy, Anthony Canton III. Super producer Jade Hoy is out right now, so we've got Rob Lopez coming in to fill in the gaps and take care of us today. This week, we're just going to talk about Better Call Saul because I'm way behind on the deuce. And off the top, we have an interview uh, with Entertainment Weekly here from Bob Odenkirk, where he talks about this episode a little bit and his relationship with Kim and the eventual transition from Jimmy to Saul. And he he expresses that he's not really too fond of Saul. (laughs) He likes playing (laughs) Jimmy better. And... He doesn't want Kim to end up with Saul because I wouldn't want her to be with Saul. In the end, she couldn't be with Saul. Saul is dangerous, sleazy. He's not some low-end lawyer who's helping drug dealers, but also helping people with no money who have a bad rap. He's a bad guy. He's looking to screw the world with the law and to come out on top. But then he offers us some hope, a scenario that I think all of us have you know, not considered or at least not treated seriously he says that he hopes that kim and jimmy could stay together i would love them to be together and him to be the most low-end lawyer in town still doing good work and her to be the highest class lawyer in town and everyone to laugh about it he says they go to dinners and everyone goes how do you guys do it and they go i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so that's what he means yeah idealism at its finest (laughs) i mean they've shown it could work to this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they have their biggest fight of the uh, ever in this episode and then kind of reconcile not too long after. So, well, and it was fascinating. Her, her cruelest line was Jimmy, you're always down. Yeah. <laughs> um, which shows sort of the disparity in their stations. Um, but this is an interesting read. His quotes on Saul. 
Yeah, it's definitely, you know, because it's a hard character for him because, you know, he's he comes from the comic background and he used to just I feel like his he brought that different element to Breaking Bad, the comedy element. Yeah. And then he really humanized this person now. So he's probably pretty attached to Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I mean, this to me reads like in retrospect, I doubt these are his comments during Breaking Bad. You know, be interesting mm-hmm. to go back and look at what he said about Saul and performing Saul in that time frame, um, because this is with the benefit of now playing Jimmy, who didn't exist. There was yeah. no Jimmy McGill. When Saul, I, I, I'll bet you they didn't even have any of this outlined for Saul's character at that time. Yeah, it, it, it's just the transformation over over this time period from from Jimmy to what I felt like more than anything else in this episode, we saw like Jimmy like fade away a little bit because of the. Because of the anger and the lack of self-awareness more than anything else of his – because he's mad, he's mad at the idea that he couldn't get back into law, but he doesn't realize exactly why that was in terms of the fact that he was so insincere. So he's, right. so, he's so focused on you know getting to point A to point B and just you know wearing this other face that – you know, with his brother dying and not dealing with the emotions of all that stuff. Yeah. It, it's just, it's completely, it's completely changed him. And, and you can kind of see that. And then that just that frustration come out in that scene, which we'll get to, um, was really interesting because it's like, you, you have not seen him that angry on either of the shows like that angry, like visceral rage, almost the way that he drove the car up there mm-hmm. and he was, yeah. and then he used the F word. Oh, dude, so was, he went, he went Brett Kavanaugh on yeah. kid. <laughs> he went full Brett Kavanaugh. Did, did, Jake, did you see that? There's things going around the internet. Like Bob Odenkirk is so upset that he's going to have to play Brett Kavanaugh in a movie in five years. <laughs> It's just it was so crazy to see. It was so crazy to see, but it was so cool to see because we've never seen him like that. So yeah. like to see that emotion just spill over and then Kim respond uh back in kind. I thought Alan Seppenwall really made a good point on his review. Um yeah. it's it's healthy to have those spats as a couple. Yeah. But if you think about it on the grander scale with what this couple has been involved with as of late, it just adds a different wrinkle to things. So Man, did, it was did he did he and Chuck have a fight like this? Didn't they have a fight like this? Um, when when Chuck tells him that he never meant anything to him, basically. Well, they had a few fights. I yeah, thought, but did he I get thought, did he yeah. get this intent contentious? You know, or Not, was it a different level? Um, Remember, that wasn't exactly a fight when he told Jimmy that he never meant anything to him. That was more of like. Hey, I'm gonna level with you. It was kind of yeah. a calm conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought Jimmy's response to that was more like he was very stunned. Now I know Jimmy had that moment where he went off on Chuck, mm-hmm. and he um, he snitched on himself about because remember Chuck had recorded him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the other time that we had seen him uh, get close it. to angry, yeah. but this 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 took it to another level. Well, that's, I mean, sticking with that scene, on the one hand, 
I was disappointed that he chose to vent the blame on Kim and, and sort of shifted directions. What I found interesting about it um, in terms of the temper and the petulance and the, the overall response to being rejected was that he was rejected for generally what he's best at, which is improvising in the moment and selling. You know, I mean, his great skill, they showed it earlier this season when he he goes for the salesman gig, gives him that great spiel, totally gets them on board. They offer them the job on the spot and he just he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it and walks away. Right. So he's been so good at this. This is his greatest skill. And he fails in this episode and you kind of, he was killing, right? He was killing yeah. up until the moment she asked him what the law meant to him, which seemed like kind of an unfair question in the moment it felt more like a grad school interview or a job interview kind of situation, but he completely flubs it, right? He, he gets a little pale faced and ashen because he really has no idea. Like the law to, to Jimmy and to Saul doesn't mean all that much. It's just a means to an end. And that's not something you can really describe. And even though he comes up with a decent answer, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't satisfy them in the way they're looking to be satisfied. And he's pissed off about that. And it's that same foreshadowing from that, that, uh, that flashback that we saw when, you know, Kim is explaining to Jimmy about the case that Chuck was working on and the way that she explained it with so much excitement, so right, much, right. Uh, so much vigor. And, right. and Jimmy's just like, eh, I, okay, I guess. Uh, right. just show, a wonder, know, right? Yeah. A, she's, a, she's in wonderment of how he does what he does, how he knows what he knows, and what the law can do, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. I, I like all that. We'll get into all that in a little more detail because I think the the two most important scenes by far were the the Jimmy panel review and then the fight with Kim. Um, but let's start. Let's go all the way back to the cold open. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the longer. Well, first of all, one of the longer episodes this season, it was 58 minutes of actual runtime and like 78 minutes if it was Is that what it was yes okay. yes 58 minutes yeah it was a weird it ended up i actually it's the first episode i've watched on tv in real time and not uh-huh. on my laptop yeah same here <laughs> and that's weird right i know because yeah. you texted immediately after it ended and i was like shit um and it was weird because you actually end up having to watch a lot more commercials which is kind of a drag mm-hmm. right um but it it ended at like ten fourteen, which I found bizarre. Like Weird usually, number. don't they stretch those things out to be a full hour and a half or or nothing? Yeah, and that just you know that makes it clear that uh, they weren't you know this wasn't on AMC's terms. This was on Gilligan and Gould's <laughs> well, terms. Well, that's so like, that's the cool. We're giving thing you seventy four right? minutes this yeah. time. <laughs> we, we need Deal with an extra it. eleven minutes, people. Lodge forty nine can start at ten fifteen. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> 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 but so we, we had one of the longest cold opens of the year and you know last thing we see in the last episode was kim saying let's do it again and here we go right again right right in the next episode we get right into it they're running another scheme um something that i so the the scheme is to basically switch the plans out for the Lubbock branch of the new Mesa Verde uh, location that they're building. 
Is this the thing that they that uh, they were talking about in the meeting that she was yes. facing out of last yes. week? Yes. Yes. So, when she said no, it was not possible. Yeah, or it wasn't practical, right? It was. It's not. Well, imp- it's I guess not so. impossible. I guess that's what she said, right? But she effectively it. told him no. It yes. couldn't be done. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting that even in so like, and then she goes, and then she goes and looks at the tequila cap, and then mm-hmm. she goes and meets Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So it's like the mm-hmm. the wheels were turning already in her mind. Yeah, about I that. think it was funny because as soon as they ran that scheme, I thought, ah. When she said, let's do it again, she had a very specific idea in mind. It wasn't just that she it gets a rush out of doing these things. We kind of, I think, as the viewer, made more of it than was actually intended by her character. She mm-hmm. simply, let's do this again. I need it for this very specific, specific. purpose. Yes. Because yeah. as soon as they're talking it down in the diner, she's not looking to run anything anytime soon. Right. You know, that, that was it. That was it. That's the one she wanted to pull off and she needed him. What was interesting is now she needed him to pull off that very specific caper. Yeah. It was a one for you, one for me type of scenario, you know, Uh, I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. So, uh, she goes into this department of building safety in Lubbock, Texas. She's got the, the boot on and the crutches and she's, you know, playing this character of the overworked single mom, very, you know, very empathetic and relatable character. And then, uh, do you guys, did you guys recognize the woman, uh, leftovers, right? Yeah. She's in the leftovers, but, uh, the, 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 the thing I recognize her from is she played Kathy Geis on, uh, 30 rock, which was, uh, Alec Baldwin's like boss and she she's basically like a mute who like has very strange habits but ends up running the shine uh the company the NBC I felt like I had seen her somewhere before I don't remember her in that she's worked a little bit um her name is uh Marceline Hugo but I just wanted to to shout her out because that means she's another import you know she's not a local albuquerque girl (laughs) (laughs) so they they brought in the the talent for that one she she's Um, the one who gets killed in the woods in the leftovers right she's not endowed um but she she's no no not not the one that ends up in his head the first woman that they kill when he's still a sheriff like in season one i think she plays she plays a character named gladys uh who was in like six episodes in the first season, including yeah. the pilot, yeah, and then uh, yeah. showed up in the International Assassin episode, which is like the trippy, yeah, 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 maniac style yep. Yep. episode. Um, which I thought she was good. So, uh, so Kim is trying to replace the plans. Uh, that that much was obvious, but the wrinkle was, you know, how were they going to do it? And so when Jimmy comes in with the big soda. I'm like, oh, he's just going to dump the big soda on it. So they even <laughs> right, got me right. with that little misdirect right there. <laughs> right, right. You know, he's drinking the the 60-ounce Big Gulp. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, there's the whole thing about leaving the kid in the car. They get everybody away. There's a small leak in the, the breast milk or the formula or whatever it is. And it leaks all over the, the plans. She replaces them. And they get out of there clean. The whole thing was pretty well executed. Um and just classic showing, not telling, you know, we don't get any clue 
uh, what the, we don't get a scene of them talking about it. We just jump right into it with the show, you know, another great cold open. And it was like a mini heist movie with very low stakes. Yes. Yes. It was perfect. I loved it. And funny. Yes, very funny. Right. I mean, so once he walks in with his Jimmy Buffett shirt and his baby <laughs> Bjorn with no baby and the breast milk, I mean, that was hilarious. Oh, man. That was hilarious. A casual reference to my brother's been helping me out driving. Yeah, I know. It was uh, really like, in. yeah, it was really well done. I mean, they're just, they are very good storytellers, no matter what kind of story they're telling. Yeah. And Kim, especially. You know, you can see kind of the like Kim was probably a theater kid in high school or something, you know, like she clearly has a flair for the dramatic and likes to get into her characters. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, it's fun. And it's also kind of funny to me that uh, after having her with a broken arm all all season, they gave her a a bum leg this time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) But uh, so it was a great cold open. And then do you guys want to talk about. Lift driver Nacho or uh, Mike first? Nacho. Let's get into Nacho because it had one. Uh, I marked out when we saw the bell for Hector um, in that scene. Let's get into that. Incredible, that incredible reveal. Um, so Nacho is chauffeuring Lalo all over town. They go to the Casa Tranquila, of course, the nursing home. Uh, where Hector will now spend the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) And he's sitting there very dramatically lit. And it's, I think it's interesting that this is the second, um, the second time that we've had a main character monologue to Hector. He's just become this kind of like monologue receiver because he can't talk. Mm, Right. Right. So Lalo goes into this long story about how Hector killed a man and burned down the Hotel Tulipan. Uh, but Lalo went back inside to, into the burning building to get a souvenir. Of course, that souvenir is the the bell, that uh, the, the spectacularly large and decorated bell. I don't think I remember it being that decorated before. Uh, so it's it's cool. It's great backstory on that. Yeah. And of course, then he just starts ringing it furiously like Jade when he starts giving us <laughs> yeah. points. Well, the beauty was not just that part of the backstory, but then the backstory of the bell itself being something that the guy would use to summon his bellboys, right? Or what did he yes. call it? So yeah, I like that they added that detail to cement why they were even doing it. Because again, it's like one of the... They're, it's almost like, man, they're like backstoring every little detail of Breaking Bad now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, that's where that came from. That's where that came from. I mean, because you knew from the camera shot on his hand as soon as they walked into that space that we were kind of, that the bell, the absence of the bell was was felt instantly. Yes. You know, yes. his finger going to hit the chair. Yes. The arm of the chair was just so lonely. <laughs> it was. And then, he instantly drives everybody nuts with it. <laughs> oh, I marked out so hard. Um, like, that's a Salamanca. So cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's this, Hector. This guy's amazing. Lava is great. Yeah, it's a yeah. phenomenal so addition. Just phenomenal. Reminds me of like when we got introduced to Don Eladio in Breaking Bad. You know, just this immense presence. Uh, yes. Very, very short bursts on the screen, but really powerful. 
And Nacho just doesn't know what to do with this guy because he's just so off-putting with his yeah. really just uh, oh. charismatic nature. Yeah, but so, right, but he's so menacing, right? Yes, yes. Because yes. he knows the Salamanca so well that underneath any charm is just pure menace and terror. Right. Right. Yeah. You'd rather just they be outright terrifying all right. the time. <laughs> like Tuco. Like yes. Tuco, right. Yeah. Like you always know where you stand. That like guy's you know fucking this dude is crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. And that, that kind of was perfectly evidenced. Um, well, first of all, the monologue was in Spanish, which I really yes. liked, yes. but then there's that incredibly abrupt transition back to English yes. where his tone shifts and he yeah. looks at Nacho and he says, Hey, why don't you, um, go get some jello. Yeah. And that's where the menace comes in. Right. Yeah. So there's this seductive yeah. monologue, this great moment with the bell. And it's like, Hey, Get the fuck out of here. I got to talk to my uncle. And so we do get confirmation, of course, that uh, Hector is Lalo's uncle. And then there's that other great moment where Nacho goes to stand off to the side, but the old woman clutches her purse (laughs) when she sees Nacho nearby. (laughs) That was a great scene. Enjoyed the hell out of it. They don't miss anything. No, they don't. Yeah. Not a wasted moment in this show. And then so uh, Nacho continues his chauffeur duties. He takes Lalo uh, to Los Pollos Hermanos and to meet Gus, essentially. Uh, there's that incredible moment when Gus just gives Nacho death stare uh, when, when he asked Lalo to come to his office. Yes, he's like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing to me? And Nacho's like, I, I can't. I have no yeah, idea. dude. Like I, I can control this situation. <laughs> And uh, in the in the featurette, they t- were talking about how, you know, Gus is a master chess player and Lalo is kind of coming around playing checkers, um, but he's still kind of a threat. And so Gus sees Lalo as a threat, but Gus enjoys a threat every once in a while. You know, it's it's something to entertain him. So so they're setting that antagonism up, which I enjoy. Eso es un Salamanca. Hey, why don't you um go get some jello? That's it for the the Nacho storyline. Mike and the the Germans, uh, they're working on on the Super Lab. Uh, We see the title of the episode, Wieder Siehen, which means reunion, uh, written on the rock that they're trying to blow up. Uh, Does it mean goodbye? It's a complicated word. It's like kind of a familiar term for like, see you again, until we see you again. Hmm, right. So, but it is also goodbye, right? I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's something you say when you're departing, like, like think of project runway. Isn't that what she says to all the contestants as they leave the show? 
<laughs> Sorry, Jake, I'm not on my Project One runway hype. Um, Heidi Klum, it, dude. Heidi Klum. Make it, says, it work. It's like, it's like arrivederci or au revoir. It means like until we until next time. So yes, colloquially, maybe it just means goodbye, but literally it means, you know, reunion. Um, so take that as you will. Uh, and then there's the excellent sequence where, where Werner has to go down to check the loose wire. Um, did you guys yeah. think he was going to die yeah. in this moment? Well, uh, certainly the tension that was infused into that scene yes. made it seem like something could go wrong. Uh, not that I know anything about explosives and if they're not sending a current, then maybe nothing can go wrong. I, you know, I'm thinking like back to lost when they find the dynamite in the ship and it's mm -hmm. really unstable. It Dr. probably Ar Dr. Arts. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Arts. But I, I guess reflecting on it later, I, I was, we can talk about what Mike, uh, what Werner was actually going through in that space, but it, they certainly made it seem like, uh, there was the possibility of an explosion that was going to take him out right there. And then, yeah, it was just not only the explosion. I also thought they did a great job of making it seem like something was happening with him internally. Like he was about to have a heart attack or something like he, this dude was really struggling out here. Right. So well, he was having a panic attack, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where Better Call Saul does it better than anything else. And shouts to the director of this episode, Vince Gilligan, um, who did a really good job of the, the way that he framed a lot of stuff and the and the uh, the body language of these characters is just so it's so cool to watch. And then same thing in that instance, you that that tension was just there. So um, it was it was really interesting to see. Yeah, they definitely created the tension. And uh, I love that moment when Mike tries to make Kai go. He's like, yeah. isn't he the demolition expert? <laughs> right. And that's when I was kind of like, oh, shit, maybe they are going to kill Werner. But, uh, you know, they they get the point across. You you do feel the fear that Werner feels that, you know, he starts hyperventilating and shaking, shaking ridiculously. And then even after he collects himself and does it, he kind of like it, it like suffers it again. But then he like walks out like, you know, like everything's cool. He does a decent job covering it, but he's still shaking a little bit. And Mike notices this. Right. Um, so then there's also like the, the, the noise to cover the explosion. So Tyrus is just driving a huge truck and yeah. what, he drives like right over the top of it when yeah. they blow it. Well, was that, that was unclear to me. I, I thought he was just driving over one of those metal covers on a road that makes an enormously loud sound. Like sometimes we hear it in New York, like some truck will go over some thing and it just like makes a massive sound. I thought they were just trying to cover the noise of the explosion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Um, I just was, it, I just couldn't like figure out. I don't know. It, 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 it's clear that that's what they were trying to do. It just didn't seem like totally necessary. It like didn't sound that loud, you know? the explosion right. itself, but right. you know, I guess they just take no precautions and I thought maybe he would do something more dramatic, but yeah, he just like drove over the street right, in front of right. the Lavanderia. Cause it's never been clear exactly how close they are to anything else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we have no idea. Like, I, I guess there, if there's people a mile away, that's close enough to want to cover it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
Um, so, so then they're celebrating, they're drinking beer, but Werner is not having a good time. <laughs> and Mike goes and talks to him cause he, he knows something's up with Werner and Werner essentially asked to go home. Uh, yeah. So and, let's, let's yeah. connect these two things because we, we should step back for a second though. And what, what do you think was going on with him down in that space that was causing him to feel the anxiety? I think sometimes you, I think sometimes maybe he realized he didn't want to do this. <laughs> Simply put. Like, is it, is it, he's, is his, he's reached the end of his tether with this job? Is it, is it, meaning, I guess the question is, is he at the end of his rope because he misses his wife or is he feeling uneasy because of his conversation with Mike in the last episode? That the second thing, what you said right there, the conversation with Mike in the last episode, as soon as he's drinking in the bar, he's talking with people and any intimation of right. him giving up any of the idea of the plans for the meth lab um, spooked Mike enough that he had to have a real conversation with him. And I, and this is another good job of not forgetting what happened the week before and bringing that into I guess his, you know, his response is like he gets into a situation where he's involved with, you know, an ex explosive. And he's like, yo, I'm sure that self-realization of, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I think that hit him. So I yeah. think he may, I think, yeah, maybe he, his wife was a part of it. But I think he definitely used that as a vehicle to hopefully get to convince Mike that he, you know, to get away because once he said that, I'm thinking in my mind like, oh, so he just wants to get out of here for sure because like once he goes to see his wife, there's no way he's coming back. Yeah, definitely That's why not. I'm, yeah, huh? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's I think it's both, and I think it's the it's basically just he doesn't want to die. Right. Um, he doesn't yeah, want to die because he doesn't want to blow himself up, and then also he doesn't want to die because he doesn't want to fuck up. Uh. And, ha and get killed by Gus or Mike, you know, because basically Mike made a veiled death threat last episode. And so, you know, the stakes are even though the stakes have always been high, it's like they're very clear now. Um, so I think I think that that's what the, you know, the hyperventilating and everything was, was yeah. just fear of death. Um, and that's just pressing on him really hard right okay. now. So we agree. But I, I do kind of think that. uh we don't really have a clear idea of Werner's character. Uh, and especially with the way that he, that he like continued that his actions in this episode kind of make him, uh, have, you know, have an agency or have something that we aren't really clear of before, unless it's really just that he's doing all of this out of fear. I mean, I, I find I'm not super invested in this storyline anymore. Yeah. It's a little, I'm like, I don't know. Like it's the building of the super lab, but it kind of, I didn't know we were going to try to go this deep into it. And I'm not overly invested in Werner as a character and I'm not finding incredible. so credible that this guy who's probably worked with the underworld before this can't be his first go around. I mean, that's how you get a gig like this. Not like you've been on the up and up and now you're going to take this life changing money gig with some drug dealers, you know what I mean? So he's, yeah. this can't be the first time he's gone through something like this. And I don't know. I just, so I'm not part of it's that I don't 
really care what happens. And I'm not sure they're selling it all that well. It's not that the yeah, scenes themselves agree. aren't that aren't good and, and interesting. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if we really needed all this time there. Well, I or mean, this to, season, frankly. Well, to me, like you, uh, there's a good point that you make there. Like I'm watching Lalo and Gus have this really, really interesting conversation right. where they say nothing but right. say everything. Right. So, like, when you get that, when you get that scene, you want more of that. And as far as this is concerned, no, there's nothing wrong with the scene. But in terms of payoff and what right. we look forward to towards the end of the season, what will it ultimately mean in terms of what the end game of the show yeah. is leading into Breaking Bad? And I don't get a feeling that it's going to matter in the grand scheme. Exactly. Because the, the thing that I found the oddest was that they essentially repeated to us what mm. they told us in a previous episode, which is how connected he is to his wife and how long it's been since they've been apart. I yeah, was really surprised they that they did that they again. I was like, right. You just told me this last week, <laughs> right? I mean, or the week right. before, whatever. It was like, that's so strange. Yeah. It's, it's pretty yeah. funny yeah. when we think about it. So he wants to, he wants to go back and visit his wife. Just an, an absurd request. Uh, Mike has to say no. He says he can make an extra long phone call or whatever. Uh, they're monitoring the phone call. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's going on for a long time. After he hangs up the phone, though, he, we see him kind of eyeing the cameras, and we know something's up, right? And so then Mike comes back the next morning, uh, and there's dead pixels on a couple of the cameras. Uh, Mike's like, that wasn't here yesterday. And then they figure out that, uh, that Werner broke out of the – the warehouse prison using a laser pointer, uh, which would mm -hmm. basically take out the camera for like 20 seconds or something. He's also got a little like file that he used to cut yeah. through the locks and he, he has escaped. So I Walter guess, White. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I guess like the, the cool thing about this is that now we have a manhunt for the finale, right? Yeah. Like we have some actual tension. We get to see Mike work again. They're going to be hunting Werner. We'll see how clever Werner is. We'll see if Werner survives. You know, like they've created this tension. Is it earned? Not necessarily. Uh, but, you know, we've gotten to this point now where we get to see Mike work. And I thought the laser pointer was another callback to our uh, French engineer. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I don't know why I keep bringing this guy up, but I'm just. I'm is not he coming back? Off. I have he, a feeling, dude. Does if he have to come finish episode, the job? We're going to get the French guy. I yeah, mean, maybe. maybe that's what it is, you know? Um, but that wouldn't happen in this episode, right? In in 10? No. I doubt it. Because no. I think you're right. I mean, the whole thing is can they find him? Do they find him? And where's he going anyway? What, I don't know. Where is he what going? Type, what type of plan what is he escape have? plan is this? Yeah, yeah this seems like, like a poor plan. I'll hitch my way to the airport, and I mean, I'm assuming they don't have the IDs they need, or I mean, I don't, I don't he know what. Even know where he is. Right. Yeah. The only thing that the only thing ultimately. Well, what? he has some idea, right? Unless they covered their heads when they went to the strip club. That's true. Which the, I'm the guessing they did. He might have learned something at the bar. Maybe that yeah. guy helps him. Yeah, and I'm almost oh. wondering. I'm almost wondering if the end of this story is Mike having 
going through some type of struggle, realizing that he has to kill this dude, and then ultimately he kills him. And he can't. and this is and this is the uh, oh yeah, it's almost you like a, this is like an ode to what he ultimately tells Walt later in Breaking Bad, the, the whole half measures. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, full measure. You're right. Well, let me ask you: do, Has Mike killed anybody as of yet? Um, I don't think maybe, so. Maybe this is Mike breaking. I mean, that, he's, he's killed. Didn't he kill oh, the, uh, the, the cops that killed his son? Right. That was the flashback. Uh, in season <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, well, but, that's but a, that was a while ago, and that was revenge. I don't think he killed anyone in the underworld because, game here because he's killing a lot of people in Breaking Bad. Yeah, and maybe this is about that progression and I'm not really thinking of it in those terms, but maybe this is the first person he has to kill who he doesn't necessarily want to kill, but recognizes that it's necessary for the business at hand. Yeah. I I would say if, uh, if we look at this whole arc as more just about Mike and not, and just use, and just using Werner as an instrument in Mike's development, there is some interesting stuff to it because this is someone that Mike sort of befriended, which we don't really see in breaking bad. And this guy, it is costing him. We talked about last episode, he was like off his game or whatever. So yeah, yeah, maybe the half measures, full measures, maybe this is like a defining moment for Mike where he's like, all right, I can't be, I can't be friends with anyone anymore. I can't be soft anymore. Right. Right. Because Kai would be easy, right? He Kai, Kai annoys him. He, yeah, he's exactly. a pain. That that was the misdirect. Just like they, that that would. There's not a lot of difficulty there, and Werner presents him with a ton of difficulty, and maybe he lets him go. You know, we have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. that's the lesson: is that he does find him, but he lets him go because he, and it costs him down the road. Yeah, especially with like Gus or something like that. Right. Right. Um, so let's, let's go to, to Jimmy and Kim, the, once again, the heart of the episode. Uh, so they're celebrating, uh, their, their con in that diner on the way back to Albuquerque from Lubbock and kind of, you know, starts with a little contentiousness here. Uh, you know, Jimmy says that they're like, I mean, I thought it was kind of weird that Kim would run a scam for Mesa Verde. Didn't you guys think so? Like, isn't that a little like, like mixing those two worlds a little much? Especially when it seemed like she wasn't interested in doing the whole uh, Mesa Verde thing. Um, It felt weird to kind of transition from her basically saying no. And then the beginning of the episode is doing the, you know, same said thing. And because we don't see uh, her coming to that decision. It is kind of off-putting to see her try and doing that. Well, this is where I get into like the misdirection of the show. Sometimes, like Kim can be—we talked about her being somewhat inscrutable at times, and you just don't know what she's thinking, even though she has great reactions. And I think they led us to believe one thing that wasn't necessarily the truth, and that she's not looking to become untangled from Mesa Verde. It's a it's a great paying gig. You know, she has no temptation whatsoever to rejoin Jimmy, right? Yes. Like she's not looking to go back. She's looking to go forward. Yes. Um, but it's going to be on her own terms. So it, and I think this cemented the fact that she's invested in Mesa Verde as a client and she's invested in her own success, maybe more than anything. I agree with that. I guess I just, it, it's like an unnecessary risk, I feel like. You know, 
Because she with Mesa Verde, she had already talked yeah, that dude, dude into saying that it was fine. And yeah, but it, here's the thing. Now, but see that guy. I guess well, I was trying. I was. I know what you mean, and I was thinking about it on these terms. But it seems to me that that's one of those guys. That I don't care how you get it done. If you get this done for me, that's he's going to love it. Yes, yeah. he's. No, I, gonna, get, I get that. He yeah, doesn't care how. Especially he, if you've already told him that it's. Cause he's the you know, one extremely difficult I'm just, or whatever. I'm just spitballing here or whatever, but mm-hmm. is it at all possible to increase the size of the conference room? Right. <laughs> is that all it was like, yes. like I can't remember. It wasn't even like the, the size of the building. It was like some insignificant yeah, thir- 13 feet or something. Yeah. Like, that. like ugh, it's fucking hilarious. Right. But in the corporate world, that shit's meaningful to people. Right. And so that just to me that she would even like you say, Maze, she'd already gotten out of it effectively with no damage. It's not like he was going to yeah. hold that against her. The whole room backed her up on it. Mm-hmm. She was the last word. So she was out. So clearly by wanting to go to walk it back and to come through on that front demonstrates just how invested in her own future she really is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is very well, 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 well stated. So that's the the precursor. So they they're driving back that night, and then the next morning, Jimmy has his uh, three person committee. And so, you guys were talking about earlier how he like kind of flubbed the second question or whatever. And I agree in one sense, but I think what mm-hmm. this what this uh, show did so excellently in this scene was that that was him being sincere. The first the first answer when they ask him like does he keep up with the law and he starts mm-hmm. rambling about the bar review and supreme yeah. court cases. I love the moment he goes, it's classic Scalia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> no, know, that's that's the I reverse Jimmy that we know and love, right? Yeah. You're right. You're right. And then the second question takes him aback. He has to go off book. But I thought that he actually was sincere and he did kind of he was. speak honestly for once. You're right. So it but was it, weird, right? So was it the reaction, contrast? His reaction, though. It was, was the rea- the, it was all the reaction. Yes, the, the instant reaction to yeah. the question was like, what? <laughs> the law? Like, the, it wasn't the answer, I think, so much as the reaction. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree that. with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's, it's when you see his facial expression, yeah, change so instantly. Because remember, in that whole conversation up to that point, he was so engaged, he was so into it, and it was free flowing and dropping a lot the, of big words. Yes, that, yeah, you, all the conversation was going great, and then that question happens, and he's just like, he has his mouth open, and he's like, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looked disappointed in the question, you know, like because he didn't have anything rehearsed and ready to go. Um, do you what do you guys think about Kim's point that uh, if he had mentioned that he didn't mention Chuck, that being the the big reason that it didn't go well? So I found I found that interesting because Jimmy's counterpoint was if I had mentioned Chuck, they would have looked at it. Uh, a certain way. Now I agree with Kim. The fact that he did not did not address that at all, and we know Chuck's standing in the law community. Um, I think that would have played a role if, say, for instance, Jimmy had 
you know, at least uh, at least uh, attempted to do something along those lines. But it's like Chuck was so far out of his mind ever since he died in the way that the relationship ended that he just didn't he just didn't care. Like he said, like he said to Kim in the argument, he's he goes, Chuck died and that was it. Yeah, so, which is like really crazy when you think about it, because that's his brother. But that's his mindset, though. That's his exactly. Yeah, that's his mindset since it happened. Since 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 he read the letter. Yes. Yeah, you're right. No, I listen in the moment inside the meeting scene. It was clear that they wanted you to be wondering where was Chuck, because they've got the file. They know why he's been disbarred. Yeah, which is why all he's because been suspended. Of Chuck, right? It's totally related to Chuck. And as AC yeah. said, Chuck is one of the biggest pillars in the legal community. So there isn't anybody on any of these boards who doesn't know who he was, how influential he was, and that he died and that mm-hmm. he was Jimmy's brother. So whatever they were looking for, the fact that he didn't address it at all. Um, I think spoke volumes to them in that moment. Right. I also, I guess it was kind of a, it was kind of strange that they didn't ask him about Chuck. I, you know, I wondered that too. I wondered that too. And that's, that begs the question of, is that, is that narrative convenience then on the part of the storytellers? I think think a little bit, um, just because, you know, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't expect someone to bring up their brother's death and then hold it against them if they didn't. Right. That, like that's a little rough, especially in like a formal review like that. And like if even gonna, as like the first question, like just like a before you even start official questioning, like, oh, Jimmy, how are you doing since your brother Chuck passed away or whatever? Well, right. we don't know that that didn't happen because we kind of come in, come in the middle right of in things. The, in the middle, and we yeah. don't know what small talk or early stuff went down and say, I'm sorry about your brother. And you know, who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. But, and maybe they, if that, if you had seen that, maybe it'd be less bothersome now. Um, it wouldn't be nagging at us, but I don't know that you have to ask it as a big question as part of the formal review, because every question we saw had something to do with that review process. And maybe they felt that was taking, if he didn't bring it up, they couldn't bring it up. True. All right. So then he's, he's waiting outside of the, the review office, uh, but they snuck out the back door. He's trying to, he runs him down. He runs one of the guys down and there's, he just runs right up into that dude's face. And we start to see, you know, Jimmy coming apart. Um, and so the, the guy has to tell him to his face that they denied him. He can wait. He has to wait another year. Uh, we get the just one of the cutest moments is Kim customizing the coffee cup uh, from world's best lawyer to world's second best lawyer again with nail <laughs> yeah. polish. Uh, what a That's fucking cute. awesome girlfriend, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and along with the monogram briefcase. And then, you know, he calls her. He's flipping out. And she and I love just the she says, slow down. And then we smash cut to him driving like 4000 miles an hour through the parking garage. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was flying, right? He was flying, man. Uh, so he gets up there. He's just, he's going crazy. He's so upset. He insincere, insincere. Uh, he thought he nailed it. 
And then uh, I thought the, the the fight with Kim really turned when he started putting words in Kim's mouth and referring yeah. to himself as Slipping Jimmy. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was really heartbreaking. Uh, yes, I agree. It, it hurt. was just like <laughs> he's he's projecting how like these like that she looks down on him, uh, that that she's always thought she was better than him, and this is coming from his own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the contentious point of the office and she's like enough with the fucking office. Like we're not, we're not getting the office basically. And yeah. And then, like you said earlier, Jake, it just ends up with the Jimmy, you are always down, which is especially pertinent because we know how much further down he has to go. Yeah. It's a sad line, man. That it, it, she says it like, Oh, in, it was cold. It was cold. It's cold, but yeah. she meant it in a way like she's trying to get through to him. Right. And he's just it's like one of those things where you get into an argument with your with your lady and and you're going so crazy and you don't realize that, oh, my gosh, I'm so wrong about this. And Jimmy's was like he was just he was just stuck in like his anger and not. And I think yeah. one of the one of the themes of this this season for him is not being able to deal with his emotions over Chuck. And we saw that play out in full form there because he's blaming Kim for everything. And that really felt bad because you know that he really cares about Kim in that sense. And to see that, how that's going to go forward. And it's even though they made up at the end, mm-hmm. you could see that something was definitely damaged between the two of them in, in that uh, particular scene. So that was very, it was intense and it was, uh, it was heartbreaking to Maze's point because it's weird how this show, we already know that Saul's going to be bad and he's going to be this dude. But we root so hard for Jimmy and to see Jimmy at that level where it's going to change for him. is just like, oh, man, I feel so bad. I felt bad after that episode, man. De- yeah, definitely not great. <laughs> that's um, funny. Are we rooting? Like, given that, AC, that's a funny way to describe it. Are we really rooting for him? Because what are we rooting for if we know the outcome? We can't. No, but, that's, but this is the crazy part. Yeah. Uh, to, to your to your point, Jake. I know this information. I yeah. know he's going to be the sleaze ball. I know he's going to be the worst. <laughs> you one of the you, lowest human beings on the earth. But you see that little bright light in him that we've seen throughout the first. Uh, uh, four seasons to this point, him helping the old ladies out um, yeah. with the with the Sam Piper case, and uh, you know his 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 care for Chuck um, throughout the seasons, even though yeah. Chuck hates him and treats him like trash, yeah, yeah, and all of that stuff. And you've kind of seen slowly the season has been building, 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 but it took that argument with Kim yeah. to kind of realize that he's just he's right on the verge of just not caring about all of this stuff. So it's like, man, it still sucks, even though we know what's going to happen. But I was rooting for Jimmy. I was rooting for Jimmy to find a way, even knowing that this is going to happen. How long? um, Because maybe Gene is the chance for redemption, ultimately. And maybe we can root for that. But how long... Do we know how long a period Breaking Bad was, say, in real time? Like... was oh. that a, a year and a half or, or two years? Oh, man. That's that that took place question. over? Because at the end, when and I asked because when Saul is leaving, mm-hmm. 
you know, he calls the vacuum repairman. Yeah. He's, he feels bad. He doesn't yes. feel good about how things have gone and how, how deep he got because, because Walter White is the most extreme client he ever had. Right. Yeah. And it's like, he learns every lesson he would ever need to learn about being an underworld representative in that experience. So I feel like he's having a change of heart, you know, as he's getting out of town. Because remember, he tells, remember, remember, Walter White tells him, You're, there's been a change of plans. He's coming with me. I need him. And, and <laughs> Saul just looks at him like, We're going in two different directions, pal. And, and Walter's like, Remember, I told you it's, and then he just starts choking on his own breath. And, and, yeah. and Saul just leaves, you know, it's, I'm out. He's finally getting out. So, you know, maybe what we can root for is the post Saul redemption. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure as we've we've discussed before, usually in the season opener and the season finale, we do get the scene the oh, the, the, the cold opens with uh, yeah. Gene's character, yeah. and um, maybe we'll see something next week. And I am looking forward to seeing that. So, according to a timeline that I found, uh, Breaking Bad roughly took place from September 2008 to September 2010. Yeah, oh wow, two years. Yeah. Two years, roughly, Two and that years. puts us roughly five years from our current point in Saul. Oh, okay. because you have an actual date. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, right uh, now, we're in, uh, we're in, like, 2000, late 2002, early 2003. I think early 2003, based on this time jump. And how do we, how do we know that? Because of the dates on the uh, the dates on the PPD forms. Okay. Yes. Um, right. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, I forgot to mention this in the diner scene. Uh, he's Jimmy's talking about how he wants to convert his burner phone business into his legal business, and then he says, "Of course, they all know me as Saul Goodman." <laughs> right. And then yeah, Kim, right. with her mouth full, says, that's just details. Right. <laughs> so I thought was great. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. I'm Saul now. Um, but I thought, so if he, so he lost this, this year, right? Like he, 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 he has to reapply in a year. Uh, so that means one of two things. Either he's going to take a backdoor entrance into the law as Saul Goodman or they are really, really not interested in in advancing the plot of this show. He's going to be slipping Jimmy for another year. Hmm. Um. Well, I don't. I don't know that there's any practical way for him to become Saul the lawyer without being Jimmy the lawyer. Yes. Exactly. Right? He can't be registered as a lawyer under a pseudonym and still be suspended. So. I mean, they are going to appeal this, though, aren't they? I mean, isn't that what the... Yeah, that's what next episode is yeah, apparently about. So there, there is an appeals process he can attempt to go through, and maybe that in, involves more hijinks uh, mm -hmm. to a certain extent. You know, may, maybe there's a, a an operation they're going to try to put together to bolster the appeal. See, I had used to think... Um, I know a couple of episodes back I had said that, you know, I'm wondering if next season might be the last one. I'm starting to wonder if we're going to get another two to three seasons of this. That's what it looks like, man. 
to yeah, yeah. yeah we're definitely like not there yet. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're, we're, I thought we were close, but we're not close. And I think considering Nacho's storyline and Lalo's storyline with Gus and and the way that's mixed in together, that's a whole completely different show on its own. Yeah. That I am totally down for seeing more story of that. So we have a while to we have a while to go here. So I think they're I think they're gonna follow through with whatever happens with uh uh, Jimmy and Kim for the end of this season into next season. And I guess wherever they take it from there, I'll be there for it for sure. Because they've just done a beautiful job of of illustrating the emotions in 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 a story that you wouldn't expect to be emotionally invested in because I think Breaking Bad was just so different. It was just such a thrill ride. It was just such an enjoyable watch. Um, and you were just excited to see every episode. And this is just a great case of character study. Um, uh, Slip and Jimmy and Saul and Gus and Mike and all these guys and, and Kim. They're just all so, so interesting, uh, interesting human beings to look at and talk about each week. So the the idea that we get more story here is going to be really fun. So I'm, I'm actually happy that it seems like there's going to be more going forward. Yeah. And just in that last scene uh, where Jimmy comes home and starts packing up uh, silently uh, before, you know, Kim sad, tells Jimmy that they'll start. Sack. Sad sack. <laughs> sad sack, Jimmy. Sad sack, Jimmy. I'm just going to take my toys home. I know. Oh, Mopey up. Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just I really I really thought it was a great shot. They really used the mirror well. Yeah. So they had that shot where you could see down the hallway to Kim. Uh, yeah. But then they had the mirror kind of extending the frame and you could see Jimmy working, like packing up the stuff. I just thought that was really nice. And, you know, uh, do you like did he did you think that he thought it was over because they didn't even really address it? I think he thought it was over. And then she just kind of breaks the ice like she she, you know, she reconciles with him she reaches out to him and it doesn't seem like she held a grudge so so yeah so they're going to be fighting uh the appeal next episode we've got mike tracking werner we've got uh lift driver nacho continuing to take lalo around including to uh gus's chicken farm which might be you know maybe this chicken farm is uh out by the warehouse you never know mm, so yeah might get a little crossover but next week's season finale should be really fun. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Do we do we know if it's an extended episode? Like you this know, was? I didn't, I didn't hear about the extended episode until Monday. Yeah, right. you 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 announced you said, it on the twit on our feed, right? Like our thread. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, you sent us a message. Yeah. I was like, I wow. They just so, promoted that that morning. They were like, oh, okay, seventy eight minutes saw or whatever. Oh, okay. So hopefully it will be another. I can't imagine they're just like, I don't even know what they're wrapping up to some extent. Right. Like, yeah. Like what is next? Is it just the appeal? Or are they going to introduce something further? I feel like this storyline say versus last year's storyline is less clear cut. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Cause last, last season was so much about Chuck. Chuck and Chuck and Jimmy, Chuck and Jimmy, Chuck the whole and Jimmy time. trading punches yeah. all season long. Oh, oh and by the way, like, did you notice in the, um, the coming attractions, um, 
Hamlin and Hamlin is back in some yeah, fashion. Yeah, yeah. There's Which they showed Howard. Yeah, like Howard's there. Like, he looks like he's gotten beat. over his shit. He's back, babe. I'm like, yeah, oh, what the hell? How, how are they going to work this shit? Uh, Howard's amazing. Good to see him back. I, yeah, I love Howard, him. man. Yeah. He's Howard got good. a good night's sleep for once, and he's ready to <laughs> shoot his commercial, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I know one of the things that I definitely want to see in the season finale, and maybe not in terms of wrapping things up, but um, now that we have Nacho back in the fold, let's let's uh, ramp his storyline up again. And it seems like they're doing that now with this new threat in Lalo. So with uh, with the with what you mentioned with the chicken farm, that should that's I think uh, I think we may get something big with that next week. Yeah, like uh, I, I, we know that Nacho and Lalo kind of are tangential to the Breaking Bad story and get tangled up with Saul. So they're going to have, you know, if if next season Jimmy is still transitioning to Saul, we're still not there yet. Then like next season, Lalo could be like a huge part of this show. Um, And he could cause a lot of chaos to everyone. So I I think he's just an incredible addition to this cast. Yeah. He points to good things to come. I mean, AC, I mean, I mean, if they can, if maybe it's just going to be one year per year. I mean, one season per year till they get to Breaking Bad. But I, I but have we talked about this? Like they don't, they only look to forward to the next year, right? They don't really even think beyond that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it season by season and figure yeah. out what it is in that moment. Yeah, I feel like time is very loose, as we saw this year with the time jump, right. which. Which uh, which was was which was pretty cool to see another example of uh, great storytelling there. So uh, you know all of that is interesting. And hey, listen, I whatever they do, I'm down for. They've they've yeah. uh, fulfilled my expectations to this point, and right. I can't see them messing it up at this point. But it's funny to talk about. Well, like we can't really even talk about a finale for this show and the way we've talked about finales for Westworld or no. sharp objects. You know what I mean? Where you're really trying to look ahead at what they might try to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this, show, this show is definitely like very carefully plotted, but I like, I'm sure they have a plan for like everything that to tie up nicely but it's just it's just the patience and the the slow pace that really sets it apart. They could go they could, you know, if they wanted to, they could knock out a bunch of stuff next episode, but I don't think right. that's their ambition. No. They're, you know, they're not in a hurry to do anything, so they're like, "Oh, let's save it. Oh, let's save the the bell being introduced until s- season 4 episode 9, you know? Like they've got a they've got it all plotted out and th- they're in no rush. Do you, so you expect you fully we fully expect Gene to be the cold open or the tease. That's uh, Gene, Gene should yes. definitely be the cold open. Yes, okay. that, so that, that's my expectation. So the question is, are we picking it up off of where we left off, or is it much further ahead? So it'll be interesting oh, to see what they're doing with that. That was one of my favorite scenes in television this that year. That was a great scene. That this was year. so good. So great scene. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we have any indication of like of any timeline for gene right or i guess actually maybe we do because what end of last season didn't he collapse yeah no yeah, that was this, this episode season. he's it's coming home right, from right. the hospital he's he was taken he came out the of the hospital and yeah. it looked like somebody and the guy that uh, was maybe. driving him back looked very suspicious and he was uh 
he was very nervous as he he got out of mm-hmm. the uh, got out of the car and was walking yeah, away. There's the Albuquerque minor league baseball Ice team yeah. uh, logo too. Yeah. yeah. So, Air so fresh. I guess they are doing that in sequence. It's just so spread out that it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. To- no, totally. Cause I was thinking the collapse and the hospital trip were all in this one open, but it was simply the follow-up. So that was continuous though. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a continuation of that storyline right away. Of course that was, I guess a cliffhanger. Welcome to another edition of the AC Spotlight on TV segment on the TV Book Club. Black Mirror is back. The show that tantalizes minds with its mixed messages on technology and relationships is returning in December with a new twist. There will be an episode where the viewer can choose their own adventure. The idea of filming multiple plot lines and multiple endings is incredibly fascinating and thought-provoking on a lot of levels. Is it TV trying to outsmart itself? Is it being lazy? Apparently, this is just the start, as Netflix is planning on rolling out content with similar processes going forward. We've seen how some of these episodes have the most grim, even sometimes horrifying conclusions. Does it change the conversation on how TV is made? I'm interested in the very least, as it seems like the goal with this show has been to make us constantly think about what lives we are living. I can't help but feel like this is a ploy to keep us engaged as we continue to pay more attention to our devices than what we're actually watching. So thinking about Black Mirror and how we've all watched it and I know everybody here has watched it and we're all big fans, seeing them add this idea, also, it's interesting from the standpoint of Wow. So it also means it's more work for everybody involved because you're shooting multiple endings, you're shooting multiple different uh, plot points and things of that nature. And it just fascinates me that that uh, not only Black Mirror, but Netflix has decided to go in that direction. I mean, it kind of takes me back to as a kid, you know, you read those choose your own adventure, choose your own adventure books and you get into that. And and it's so interesting. But so to see it on the grand scale in television is really fascinating. So I wanted to throw it to you guys and kind of get your thoughts on the direction that not only Black Mirror is going in, but but uh, Netflix and TV, as far as that's concerned. Uh, Maze, what do you think so far about that? I mean, I, I, I was going to bring up the books. I thought that was uh, a funny comparison because like they didn't they were kind of a gimmick and they definitely did not catch on. You know, uh, yeah. they, it was kind of like a phase that came and went. Um, as far as black mirror, I think that's kind of the perfect vehicle for it. I'm sure black mirror will do it in an interesting way, but black mirror is so good about, uh, kind of paralleling our current situation and like extrapolating like real concepts into over the top sci-fi terrifying (laughs) results, um, involving us in that process. I'm sure they will find ways to make that like creepy to us you know like maybe you try to choose one but the button doesn't work or something and that's part of the 
the process, you know? So I think it's, I think they'll have a lot of room to experiment with it on a wider scale. I'm not really that interested, but just for black mirror, I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I'd be most interested to see, uh, in what ways black mirror will utilize the concept and play with it in a meta way. Cause I fully expect it to be a commentary on the aspect of choosing your own adventure in such a scenario, but far less interested in it from other creators because I just don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not looking to be engaged. I'm looking to be in that dream state when I'm engaged in content. Yeah. I'm not looking to interact with my content. I'm not a multi-screen viewer. <laughs> I don't tweet and watch. You know what I mean? Like right. mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer generally to watch things alone because I want to be fully immersed in a show like a Game of Thrones or a Westworld. I love getting together afterward to talk through what happened. Um, but even with like the playoffs and sports, I tend to just want to focus on what's going on because you never know what's going to happen when, um, and people I find are often a distraction, you know, trying to watch a super bowl game at a super bowl party is a lot harder to watch the super bowl. It's the worst, you know, it's the worst. Right? It, it's yeah. like, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for a party. I'm looking at, I mean, it depends, you know, Super Bowl is <laughs> not the most important thing to me, but it's like for, for good shows and good series that I'm invested in or good films, I, I'm not looking to be distracted or pulled in an alternate direction. Yeah. I hear, I hear that. Rob, what do you think about this? Um, I think kind of to like what, what uh, Jake and Mays are saying to like the bigger point of like, how is this actually going to work? You know, like, am I going to have to pick up? Um, I imagine I'm going to have to pick up my remote of choice to select the choice. But if I select one mm-hmm. thing, does this mean the episode's over? If I select another thing, but like, wh- which way they're going to kind of go with it? Is it just going to be one episode or is it going to be multiple episodes or, or does like something kind of tie in? Like, if you pick something option A, will that tie into episode six later on the line? You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's interesting to think about how they can go about it. But I do agree in the sense of that why like if i'm sitting here like jake said i'm i'm the same way if i'm watching something uh, you know i i don't i usually don't have my phone out and i'm just sitting there and i'm watching it i want to enjoy what's going on i don't have to go over click my remote and then go all right <laughs> a minute later and then i got to do it again you know what i mean how many times am yeah. i going to do this in the episode right. six times how many times? times am i going to have to watch the episode over again right. to figure <laughs> out all, the through all the scenarios outcomes. right right, if, if right they have right. you know six different scenarios you're watching that at least what 10 times maybe yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a math major, but like, you right, know, you're gonna have to go through Each, all the scenarios. Wasn't there a film several years ago that asked people to help the heroes well, was, decide which way to go? There's Mosaic on HBO, uh, which was originally released online, and you could kind of interact with it to 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 figure it out. But then they released it just later. Uh, in sequence uh, on on the on the network, so they kind of did both, but it was really like underhyped, like they didn't draw any attention to it. Got you. So I, yeah, the, the the interesting thing of like from what everybody has said here is the idea that specifically with Black Mirror, it, it I well, the way I'm looking at it, how they want they're thinking about it is. They want to make you think after you make that decision 
whatever whatever happens to said characters and said situations, how's that going to make you feel afterwards if it's something horrifying or grim or or something along those lines, uh, uh, emotionally upsetting? It's the ultimate control. It's the ultimate experiment here. And it's really interesting because I I would have never thought that TV would ever go this way. And I think you're right, Maze. I don't think I would be interested in uh, in this type of scenario in any other show or any other type of situation as opposed to just having it in Black Mirror because Black Mirror is the perfect vehicle for it because it's just so off kilter. It's just so different than than most uh, shows that we watch and and trying to compare what is happening in our lives and the technology ad- advancements that the show tends to get into. So, man, and, to, I, and to, I hate to cut you off. I'm sorry, but no, like, go ahead, go ahead. to a bigger, like kind of um, to a bigger point of the actual show itself, how is it going to be shot? Are you getting third person perspective, first person perspective? Um, you know, what, what, what's going to be, what's thematically like, is it going to be involved with technology? Cause I think that episode that they did with the guy who was in the simulation, that would have been a kind of perfect scenario for a choose your own adventure type deal. You know what I mean? Open this door. The, the Wyatt the Russell back. one or the the Star Trek one? The guy, um, I think Wyatt Russell, the one where he had the thing implanted in his brain and he yeah. thought, yeah, with his mom the, and stuff. The horror one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yes. That would have been a great episode for something like this. You know what I mean? Just kind of, you know, does he go into the backyard? Does he run out the house? All that type of stuff. But I think the way it's shot, how it's going to be developed and produced and, and even like just how many times am I going to have to watch this episode? I just think it's 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 interesting that they're trying it, and I think it's like you were saying it's going to be a bigger commentary on us as a as a people. You know, with people I assume are going to be on social media complaining about why do I got to grab my remote? Why do I got to do this? You know, just the, just the just the stuff that everybody likes to complain about when it's something new or different that they don't understand. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch it. I'm sure you all are, but it's just, it just depends on how it's going to come out. We'll definitely, uh, skew how I think they should do it going forward. I mean, are they going to do a whole season of this? That'd be kind of nuts. Well, I think for now it's going to be just one episode, but it, it may be one of those things that if it works out and I guess depending on the response of people and how they react to it, it may be something that they're going to continue on a grand scale as of course we see with Netflix and, and things like that. Uh, considering the fact that we are getting Black Mirror in December, uh, if we had to rate a level of excitement, how excited are you, Maze, uh, to see Black Mirror back? Um... I think probably like a seven or an eight out of 10. Uh, I, it's there's always hits and misses with that show. Right. So uh, I'm excited for the one really good episode and I'm less excited <laughs> to get through the rest of them to figure out which one that is. Well, that was a great season though. Overall. I, I mean, I know what you mean, but it, it is so inventive that it's, it's a even great format. The tougher episodes to take are still they're still exciting to watch in their way. You know, I, I found last season pretty compelling, even when I found the storyline somewhat improbable. And I'm thinking of the, the woman and her boyfriend who hit the kid on the road and then bury him. And then yes. it comes oh, back to haunt them years later. Right. Like bleak. That was wild. it was bleak and it was ludicrous, yeah. but it was also well done. I mean, and, and, and part of the thing with black mirror is to be over the top. 
Um, everything's over the top and some things come off incredibly even still and some things don't. But it is a hell of a lot of fun to see how they pull it all together, because in the end, it really is the Twilight Zone, you know, yeah. and the Twilight Zone was like that. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Speaking of, I think that's going to be a nice uh, kind of comparison point. I don't know. When does the Twilight Zone it, it premieres later this year also, right? Wait, what? It's coming oh, back. that's right. Jordan the, Peele. Again? Jordan Peele. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Peele is re- uh, relaunching it on CBS. It back. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I sense Jake's anguish. Uh, it, just, it just started production. Why can't you just do something new that's like the, right. like Black Mirror? Like it it, it it's Jordan an homage. Creative to, too. Such, I know, but why premiere, reboot? Why reboot? Why not just do 2019 on their streaming platform CBS All Access? Mm, okay. Mm. I do. Uh, I mean, it's not like I don't like him. I just why spend it on a reboot when you could just make something new. Weird tales, weird stories. The Choose Your Own Adventure, uh, they've already introduced it for kids' shows, and I guess that's obviously something I wouldn't watch, but I see the appeal of putting it in kids' shows. Yes. um, And that definitely makes sense to me as something that Netflix would pursue just in terms of trying to get, you know, because kids love Netflix, trying to get them more engaged, et cetera. Just like most of the kids' books were Choose Your Own Adventure, you know? I, well, they all, that series was kids books. Yeah, it was I mean, just that, kids books. It, it was, it was young adult or little, I can't remember what age it was really intended for, but we were young reading those things. And I'm looking and I, I did a Google search and it says that, um, Fox is actually developing an interactive film based on those, that series. And, and so one will be in the theater and using an app to, I guess the, uh, you know, they'll all it'll collect the numbers of the people selecting which direction. And I guess the prevailing vote will go <laughs> in that way. Right. I mean, I nice. can only have one direction per movie viewing. Yeah. But I guess the idea is probably like, oh, maybe people come three, four or five times to see what happened. That's mm. a weird one, though. Have somebody else choose your own adventure. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's odd. And and on not and on that note. This has been AC Spotlight on TV. We'll be back next week. All right. Well, cool. Good session. That was fun, guys. That was fun. So thank you for joining us on the TV Book Club, uh, talking about Better Call Saul, Episode 9. Weeder Sihen. And we will see you next week to talk about the finale and eventually catch up on the deuce talk about insecure talk about maniac we got lots to talk about so uh have fun at the live show guys i'll miss you both yeah oh yeah man man that's the only only thing that i'm so disappointed (laughs) in that i don't get to see and mariano and mariano and mariano of course but i'm glad that he's not going to this one because i need to meet that man too so uh the next time will be uh will be epic but live it up for me i know you guys will absolutely man i got something for you in your honor sure all right. <laughs> See you soon. Talk right. 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 But you gotta move quick before you send your own hair. Who knew there was a homeless guy sleeping in there? Better call Saul. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. The FBI finds kids trapped in your creepy van. You stay real cool and tell them you're the ice cream man. But 
all that crying just gave you away. Who you gonna call to skip a prison stay? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul to fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stay